What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Sport Universe podcast. It's me, Brian, and Drum and Nick. What's going on, guys? All right, so um, we're going to start with trivia. I have some trivia questions this week. Nick has some trivia questions this week. Um, we also don't have a lot to talk about, so the more trivia, the better. Do you want to start, or should I start? Uh, I guess I'll go first, okay. since I've been doing it normally. Uh, so starting off with baseball, the question for this week in terms of baseball is... Um, I don't have one for baseball. I messed up. Okay. I did two for football by accident. It's all good. Okay. Uh, so go, I'll move on to football. Um, in just a second. Actually, Brian, you go first. Okay. All that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll start with baseball, I guess. So the whole theme of my trivia questions are the first games. So basically who won the first games in each of the major sports that we talk about. So, which team won the very... Actually, should I start with... I'll start with baseball. Which team won the very first uh, MLB game? A, the Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, B, the Atlanta Braves. C, the Red Stockings. Or D, the Great Westerns. I'm going with C, the Red Stockings. Good job. Actually, yeah. the, the Great Westerns weren't even a major league team. They were an amateur team. The Red Stockings beat the amateur Great Westerns 45-9 to on May 4th, 1869. There you go. See, I don't know about baseball. There we go. Well, I know uh, the Dodgers, I, well, just going through those answers, like I knew the Dodgers weren't a team for quite some time. It was always mm-hmm. the Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the, the Red Sox coming off the Red Stockings made sense to me, so that's all I went Yeah. Yeah, I... I was trying to find other teams, but I just couldn't think of any. But, okay. Um, Let me go to NBA. Which team won the very first NBA game? A, the Chicago Stags. B, the New York Knicks. C, the Philadelphia Warriors. Or D, the Toronto Huskies. I'm going to go with C, the Philadelphia Warriors. Actually, it's B, the New York Knicks. Oh, wow, the New York Knicks. That makes sense. New York is the mecca of basketball. The New York Knicks defeated the Toronto Huskies 60 Eight to sixty-six in the very first NBA game on November first, nineteen forty-six. The last time the Knicks ever won a basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually like kind of surprising that they won the first game. I mean, I'm sure there were there obviously were other basketball games, but for the first NBA game, um, let me go to football. Which team won the very first NFL game? A. The Dayton Triangles. B. The Columbus Panhandles. C. The Cannon Bulldogs. Or D. The Chicago Tigers. Ooh. Uh, I'll go with D, the Chicago Tigers. It was actually A, the Dayton Triangles. The Dayton Triangles beat the Columbus Panhandles on October 3rd, 1920. Because I know that football started... When football started in America, it was around that Chicago, Ohio area mm. in that region of, of the U.S., and then it kind of expanded from there. Yeah. What a name, Dayton Triangles. Yeah. You can come <laughs> up with anything better than that. I get the other ones, but that's an interesting one. Well, I get—I wonder if like a, this triangle is like something in Dayton. But those are my trivia questions. All right, so now that I have all of my trivia qu- uh, questions ready, uh, so my questions are all going to be about stolen things. Interestingly enough, <laughs> um, so starting off with baseball, who has who leads the MLB in career stolen bases of in all time? Uh, A, Ricky Henderson, B, Lou Brock, C, Billy Hamilton, or D, Ty Cobb? A, Ricky Henderson, B, Lou Brock, C, Billy Hamilton, or D, Ty Cobb? I'm pretty sure it's Ricky Henderson. That is the correct answer. He has a total of 1,406 career stolen bases. 
Um, and then you have Lou Brock with 938, uh, Billy Hamilton with 914, and then Ty Cobb with 897. Uh, the only person I really recognize out of there is Ty Cobb. I'm not yeah, sure about the was, other ones. I was going to guess. Uh, I did. I know about Ricky Anderson, but I thought Ty Cobb would have been higher on that list. But okay. So that is your your uh, baseball. And moving over to basketball, I have the career steals. Uh, who ha- who has the most career steals in NBA history? Is it A. Gary Payton, B. Jason Kidd, C. Michael Jordan, or D. John Stockton? A. Gary Payton, B. Jason Kidd, C. Michael Jordan, or D. John Stockton? Uh, uh, I know Michael Jordan was good at defense. I'm going to go with John Stockton. That is the correct answer. John Stockton played a total of 19 seasons, 1,504 games, and had 3,265 steals. And he's number one. And he had number two, you had Jason Kidd. With uh, 2,684 steals in 19 seasons and 1,391 games played. Uh, you had Michael Jordan third on that list with 2,514 steals. And get this, in 15 seasons, so it's four less seasons and he's, he's top three in steals wow. of all time. Um, and 1,072 games played, so it's a lot less games, 500 less games than John Stockton. Hmm. Um, and then Gary Payton was fourth with uh, 2,445 17 seasons, 1,335 games. Uh, interesting because, you know, when I think, like, if I was the guest steal leader of all time, I'd guess Gary Payton just because he's the glove. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It makes sense to me. But, I mean, John Stockton was a great uh, guard for the Jazz for a long time, so it makes sense. Mm. Um, so, yep, that's your steals. And then, finally, we have football. We're going to have career interception leaders. Who has the most interceptions of all time? I knew this one without having to look it up, so I was kind of excited about that. But uh, So the choices are A, Emlyn Tunnell, B, Paul Krause, C, Rod Woodson, or four Nitr- uh, or D, Nitrain Lane. Uh, so A, Emlyn Tunnell, uh, B, Paul Krause, C, Rod Woodson, or D, Nitrain Lane. I haven't heard of any of those names. Um, I'm going to go with C. Uh, so that is incorrect. Uh, the correct answer was B, Paul Krause. Paul Krause had 81 uh, career interceptions. Uh, long-time safety for the Vikings. He played way, way back before our time, but uh, he's always in Madden every year, so that's where I learned about him. And I'm planning to meet him at some point in real life. I was going to this year, but uh, coronavirus happening it was not possible. However, uh, really, you know, he, he, he was amazing. His, his ball hockey skills were amazing, and Considering the fact that he played so long ago and the NFL really wasn't a passing league back then, and he has the most career interceptions of all time, that's true. It, it really, really stands true to, to how good he was. Um, and then second, he had 81 career interceptions. And then second to that, you have Emlyn Tunnell with 79. I personally never heard of Emlyn Tunnell, but obviously um, he's one of he's an older figure as well. Uh, played a long time ago. And then you have Rod Wilson, who's a little more recent, obviously. Mm. Uh, great. Great talent there, and they have Night Train Lane, who is known for being one of the hardest hitting harding hardest hitting corners of all time. Um, with sixty eight interceptions, Rod Woodson at seventy one. Um, it's pretty interesting numbers. I don't know. It's just interesting to me that the people with the most career interceptions are people who played. Yeah. You know, as we progress through even the two thousand and tens, the NFL has become such a a bit more focused on passing. So the fact that these guys, you know, Rod Woodson being their earliest player, but definitely played before the 2010s, obviously. Hmm. Um, the fact that they lead the the league in career interceptions definitely definitely raises an eyebrow and says, like, what was happening? Was 
was, I guess, in my opinion, I guess quarterbacks, Just the fact like, that they weren't yeah. passing as much back then, yeah. quarterbacks probably weren't as used to throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. Didn't have these type, you know, weren't as good with tight windows, probably turned the ball over more when passing. Passing was more of a risk back then. And now it's more of a given. Yeah, probably. So I'd assume that's it. And they probably uh, didn't practice it as there. much. All right, so I guess that ends our trivia. Okay. Uh, moving on from there, we obviously are going to start off with the NFL like we do every week. Um, obviously, not a lot of NFL news this week. It's been pretty dry. Hopefully, things will start picking up at some point with sports getting back to normal across the country with places opening up um, and, and, you know, pillow facilities allowed to be open. But in terms of football, we have a couple signings, a uh, reinstatement. Uh, starting off with the signings, the Seahawks signed Carlos Hyde, uh, was it two days ago? Uh, he's a 29-year-old running back. He's been kind of all over the league. Um, you know, he, he rushed for 1,070 yards and six touchdowns last season, so he's been pretty solid. Uh, never been a premier back in the league, but he's always been pretty solid, so that's a pretty good signing for the, the Seahawks. Um, presumably with them signing him and the fact that the Seahawks have signed and drafted so many running backs between, uh, I can't remember their names, C.J. Proyce or something like that. And then you had uh, Rashad Penny, uh, you know, a ton, ton of running backs for the Seahawks. So presumably, with all that being said, I doubt they're going to re-sign Mar- Marshawn Lynch. It really doesn't make sense for them to do at this point. He may just permanently retire or sign with the Raiders, uh, even though they're not where he, he in Oakland anymore. They're in Las Vegas, so who knows what that's going to happen to Marshawn Lynch, but I assume... This kind of takes Marshall Lynch off the board for them. I guess I could sign him, but how much playing time would he get and what kind of usage would they get out of him, I don't know. Uh, moving on from there, the Jets signed Joe Flacco, which I'm sure Brian has a couple comments about. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of news about this, and I really don't find it that big of a news. They signed him for a one-year, $1.5 million contract. Very, very small contract for a quarterback of his caliber. Um, I think he's going to be a great backup in, in New York. Uh, he's going to be good for Sam Darnold to learn off of a little bit, hopefully. Um, you know, he... Joe Flacco is kind of a polarizing figure in the NFL. Some people have called him elite during the hype of his career, and mm-hmm. some people called him not. Overall, in my opinion, he was a mediocre quarterback, and regardless of that, he led a team to the Super Bowl, and he won a Super Bowl. So uh, that's something Sam Darnold obviously has not done yet. So that's that's some things that – there's got to be some things in the process of that that he, uh, Joe Flacco can help teach mm-hmm. to Sam Darnold, as well as gives the Jets a permit, uh, pretty good uh, backup player uh, if Sam Darnold does get injuries or has mono again – or whatever he might have, but yeah. uh, uh, you know, it's it's good backup for the Jets. Low price, I think it's a good deal. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, um, I kind of think the same thing as you. Uh, I think the main reason they probably signed him was I know that they drafted their uh, quarterback in the draft, but I think they didn't want their whole season to be ruined again if Sam Donald does get injured. And I I know that's like not the way to really think about things, but that also just goes to the point of having a good backup and the Jets didn't have a good backup last season, which ended up losing them their first four games, which isn't a way mm-hmm. to start the season. No, yep, I definitely agree with you there. And then the final piece of NFL news is going to be a reinstatement uh, via the Cowboys. I guess he's technically on the Cowboys. Uh, Alden Smith, who's been in the league since 2015. Um, you know, he, he hasn't, hasn't really, he hasn't been in the league really since 2015. Uh, a lot of domestic uh, assaults, uh, a lot of domestic violence, it's really kept him out of the league. Um, you know, I just, this guy hasn't played in so long, and he was, he was a decent talent when he was in the NFL. We'll have to see how he is now. He's a lot older now. Obviously, he's he's uh, he's 30 now, so that's when linebackers start to taper off, usually, unless you're one of the greats. And I, I really don't see 
how it impacts the NFL too much. I don't know what kind of talent he's going to bring. We'll have to see what happens if he can even stay in the league this time around. Um, you know, on top of that, which I didn't have in the outline, uh, Josh Gordon is presumably going to make another run at the NFL. I just, I, he he can't stay off. You know, I, I think with the NFL taking out marijuana as one of its banned substances, uh, we should see Gordon probably be allowed to stay in the NFL this time around if he mm-hmm. does test positive on a drug test. Because um, obviously they're probably still going to test for it just to see what they're doing. They're definitely doing drug tests beyond that. Obviously, if they're going to are they going to test for marijuana? I honestly don't know. They might. They may not. Um, it might might depend via the state, like if it's legal in the state. Mm, that's good. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. Uh, you know, Josh Gordon was going to be, you know, possibly one of the greatest NFL receivers of all time, if not, you know, one maybe a Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, he had the size, he had the speed. He was a really good receiver for the Browns back in back in the early 2010s. Yeah. Um, but obviously, he's been out of the league because of presumably marijuana and rehab a bunch of times over. So, hopefully, we'll see him make a return. You know, what value does he bring to a team now? I don't know. He is he does have some age on him. So, that about wraps it up for the NFL this week. All right. Um, so we'll get into some NBA stuff, which there's actually a good amount of stuff to talk about. First off, I didn't even see this, but. Uh, Former Jazz head coach Jerry Sloan passed away, was it on Friday, um, from complications from Parkinson's Parkinson's disease and dementia. Um, It seems like it wasn't related to the coronavirus, but, I mean, still rest in peace. That's pretty sad. I don't know how I didn't see that. Um, Yeah, Yeah, you know, beyond just being Jazz head coach, he was a Bulls great. Um, As a coach, he had 1,221 wins, which is third all time. He had 19 playoff uh, appearances. Uh, he had 98 playoff wins. Uh, he was a two-time All-Star as a player, six-time All-Defensive team. Uh, for his career, he averaged 14 points per game and 7.4 assists per game. Um, you know, he's again, he's one of the three coaches to ever win a thousand games. Yeah. Uh, pretty significant coach and player. Uh, he will be missed. Uh, he, elect- he he did die at the age of 78. So, uh, yeah. luckily, he had somewhat of a long life. Um, so, rest in peace, Jerry Sloan. <laughs> Yeah, um, I guess moving on from there. Um, should I, okay, Patrick Ewing, who is uh, Knicks legend and current Georgetown coach, uh, tested positive for the coronavirus. Um, we haven't really been talking about the players that have tested positive for the coronavirus, but Patrick Ewing is a Knicks legend and is someone that I very much know about. So that's sad news, but I'm not going to harp on that too much. Um so the first thing I want to talk about for the NBA, the NBA has had discussions with Disney about possibly resuming um, the NBA season in July using Disney's ESPN's Wide World of Sports Complex in Orlando. Um, it has three arenas, enough room for all the players to be held, um, and seems like a perfect fit for the NBA to resume play, which is definitely a good thing. I mean, every, everyone wants some type of sport to be back, but... Does it really make sense for that to be the case? We talked about um, for with baseball how they were thinking about doing the Arizona, an Arizona league, but that idea has kind of been trashed. I would say I, I don't think anyone's still thinking about doing that. Um, and there's because there's significant limitations. First off, how long are these players willing to be away from their families? From how long are the, their families willing to be from away from their dad, uh, from their parents, from their loved ones, things like that. Um, that's probably the biggest limitation. There's other things that just go into the day-to-day of thing, 
things. Can players go in and out of the facility? I would assume so, since Orlando's going to probably be opening up soon or has already opened up. Um, but can't, how, like, there's a lot of little things that go into having uh, sports be in one single area. And I did a, reacts, a re, Sport Universe reacts on this yesterday. But basically, my takeaway from it is that they had been discussing if they're going to resume play right into the playoffs or start into the regular season. The way that I look at it, it makes the most sense to me is have a play in, uh, play in tournament where the teams that were closest to making it into the playoffs still have the opportunity to make it in the playoffs, which had already been discussed as an option. But do that and then go straight into the playoffs because that just limits the amount of teams that are going to be there. I know we had discussed, I think it was last week, that um, teams in like the NBA, and you can turn around a season um, pretty quickly, but there's only like 20 games left, and that probably just doesn't hold weight when you're trying to limit the amount of exposure that people have. So I think, in my opinion, the most smart way to do things is to have a playing series, play it in Orlando, and that be the case because it seems like that's where everyone's leaning to. You have any opinions on that now? Sorry, I was disconnected. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think honestly, Orlando's probably a better spot for, than Arizona. True. Uh, number one, it's, it's not as as dry, I would say, as Arizona. There, there'd be more things for the players to do, so they don't lose their minds. Um, if they were in Orlando slash Disney, you know, depending on how far they they're allowed to go and That's where true. they're not. Um, you know, possibly, you know, with Disney might be able to accommodate the fact that they might be able to bring their families mm. if they work that out. So I'd, I could definitely see as a possibility. So again, I, th- I just think that Disney would be better suited to accommodate that many people because, you know, at the end of the day, it is a, it's a amusement park. It's it's a hotel and resort, so they have some amenities there that would keep the the players happy with the whole situation that they'd have to be stuck there for quite some time. That's yeah, that's something I wasn't thinking about because Arizona. I mean, I think they were just going to be living in apartment buildings, and the other yeah. option for the NBA was Las Vegas and. I mean, Las Vegas is known for its distractions, so I'm sure that one have been a... It's bad distractions. I know Disney has its distractions, too, but yeah. Um, that's a good point. The last thing I want to talk about, which kind of, I guess, makes my, makes its way into the baseball, um, but Governor Cuomo, New York's New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, um, said today that he wants pro teams to be able to return to their facilities, so basically saying that he had a quote, um, I don't know if I pulled it up, I don't have it pulled up, but basically saying that it's like their turn, and um, basically opening up facilities for Bas- for the Knicks, Nets, uh, Mets, um, and Yankees, which is big news, um, obviously that's not going to mean that the start of the season is going to open going to start anytime soon but the they finally get to go into their training facilities and things like that which has a, a lot of protocols and is going to take a little time for that to be back up and running but that's exciting news for new york fans yeah, um, i think beyond new york new york fans as well just to cut in real quick um you know statistically new york has the most coronavirus cases true, and it's yeah. probably the worst hit state out of anywhere in the country so the fact that new york is opening up and, and specifically around the new york area the city area is allowing places to go back to facilities um it's really big it's a good news for the entire country 
uh, you know, if the place with the most infections is opening back up, then the rest of the country is presumably uh, even in even better state. So it's just, it's all good news. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I guess that just is a good segue into baseball. Um, so the Nationals, uh, who won last year's World Series, had said that um, Sunday, I guess today, they would have unveiled um, their World Series rings. And um, obviously that's not happening because they would have been talking about it. They were planning to have like a TV show or something to show off the ring, show off the players getting the rings maybe. Um, those, all those details aren't really out. But um, the Nationals players decided that they wanted to be able to do it in person. They're still going to – I don't know when because I haven't seen anything about it, but they're still going to unveil the designs of the World Series rings and things like that. Um, so if anyone actually cares about the Nationals getting the World Series rings, me personally, I don't because I'm a Mets fan. Um, that's the situation with them. Um, some Yankees news. I don't know if Nick has any comments on this, but James Paxton, who had a back injury and was supposed to be out for a significant amount of time in, uh, the baseball season, um, is back to full strength and is ready to go whenever baseball starts again. And that's one of the things we talked about with the coronavirus. It gives players the opportunity who have injuries to come back and have as much of an impact as they can because once baseball comes back, the Yankees are going to have a pretty solid rotation because they're going to have James Paxton back. They're going to have Garrett Cole. They're going to have Tanaka. Um, who else? Definitely have other good starting quarterback, uh, starting pitchers. But... It just allowed these players to have time to come back from these injuries. So that's definitely good news for the Yankees. Nick, do you have anything about that? I mean, yeah, I definitely agree that down the line that it's good news for the Yankees. And, you know, I think we saw the same thing with, like, basketball, too. A lot of players, I think Bogdan Bogdanovich opted to have some sort of uh, ankle or leg surgery mm-hmm. uh, that's going to take him out. I forgot what surgery it was, but it was, like, what happened a couple of days ago. But it's really minor news. You know, a lot of players are opting to have surgeries right now while the while – the, while it's the seasons are out of, of practice right now with coronavirus, yeah. and they're using it as an opportunity to not only have surgeries but to uh, rehab them fully and not have to worry about like traveling with the team or anything like that. Um, so I, you know, it's it's good news definitely as a Yankee fan to have Paxton back at full strength. Um, mm-hmm. Our our lineups can be pretty solid. You know, hoping to win that World Series, uh, the big twenty eight, big one. We're still waiting. On. Twenty eight, you know, uh, it's unfortunate, but you know the. <laughs> Which was the last ones from us, so that's why it's it's nice to see the Washington Nationals getting their rings, and not the Astros. So it's a good thing. It's true. I guess. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely good to see Paxton back. Right. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about is still uh, the debate between the Players Association and just baseball. They still haven't come to an agreement about the season starting, the protocols that are going to be put into place um, this Thursday. Um, the Players Association gave they call it management, um, a response to the protocol that, uh, the heads of baseball had put out about how to deal with the, how to play during the coronavirus. Um, they had some things that they thought were over the top that baseball was going to put it into place, such as, I'm just going to read straight from this ESPN article, um, arriving in uniform at ballparks, uh, Prohibition on players leaving without team permission and a ban on guests other than immediate family members. Plus, players also objected to a ban on the use of showers and hydrotherapy. Um, the last, some of those do make sense. I don't 
hydrotherapy is like I would assume using water as like a massage or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know why that's that big of a deal. Uh, but the biggest thing that came from this is that the player, the union, which is the player association, um, wants more testing, more coronavirus testing than a couple times a week, which is what the heads of baseball had set out to do a couple, multiple times, multiple times per week to test them. They want, they want more often testing, which is interesting. Um, I would like to know what they like, do they want testing every day? What does multiple times per week actually mean? Does that mean like two, three? I mean, it's all just words. So no one really knows for sure, but it is interesting. The things that they highlighted that seem as over the top, whereas they want to be tested more than multiple times per week. Um, not really big news, but just something to talk about. Um, and there's still no agreement between the two sides, which I haven't seen in any of the other um, leagues. I don't know if it has just hasn't come out, but it seems like it's the biggest problem in baseball. Um, but other than that, that's it for baseball, college stuff. Yeah, we do have some college news, which I forgot to cover last week. Um, but ultimately, it's not that big of a deal. Um, so essentially, Tula Tualia Tagovailoa, uh, Tua's brother, uh, transferred to Maryland. Uh, he had been at Alabama, uh, I believe, technically as a third-string quarterback for last year as a freshman, and now he's deciding to transfer to Maryland. Uh, Maryland has, as their head coach, they have Alabama's former offensive coordinator, so it makes sense to move. Uh, presumably Tua, uh, Tualia, I'm going to have to work on pronouncing that name. Uh, I, I guess they, him and his family, people around him, I guess, presumed that he was not going to be the starting quarterback out of Alabama and figured that he needed to transfer at what better place than where his old offensive coordinator was. Uh, secondary to that, I also think what I've heard about Tualia is, Tualia Tagovailoa is that he has a higher ceiling than Tua and Tua obviously being a top five pick in the NFL draft, um, that's pretty big. Uh, if he does have a higher ceiling, we could be looking at a number one overall pick in the future here. Um, we'll have to see what, you know, definitely, yeah, obviously he hasn't really started yet in college football, but again, I've heard really good things about him. I heard he has a higher ceiling than Tua, so we'll have to see how he does in Maryland. He could be a really good, he could be really transformative for that, for that, uh, Maryland football team right there. Hmm. Uh, so that's about it. We'll have to see how it goes, but just interesting stuff. Um, beyond that, there's not any more college stuff. Uh, so converting over to the controversial topic, um, you know, it's still coronavirus. It's, it's what we're doing every day, every day, all day. Um, essentially, you know, pretty much good news across the board. Uh, I've heard some some news that, you know, uh, companies for, for uh, producing the vaccine are kind of in their last stages of testing in terms of they're going to start mass doing out mass tests uh, come June, July, and then hopefully have it ready for production September, October. Um, you know, again, I, I definitely wanted to take those things with a grain of salt because those companies just could be saying those things and not really be where they want. Um, you know, they, and I forget what the company was or who he said who was on the interview, but I remember that one of the higher ups of the of the company was on, I believe it was Foxy, and I can't remember what the new channel was, but it doesn't matter. Um, he said that uh, you, you know they, they're taking everything with a grain of salt as well. You know, they're not going to push a vaccine forward unless it, it shows good results. Which I, I presume they are going to do because you want to have a safe vaccine because you don't want to end up with tons of lawsuits if you're just going to push out a vaccine that doesn't work or, or has issues and, and try to hide results and do fabricated tests. I'm sure yeah. the FDA is going to be on top of it too. So when a vaccine does come out, it's going to be safe. 
Um, and it seems like we're, you know, if we do get a vaccine by September, October, it's kind of a modern miracle of science. Able to turn a pandemic and flip it into a vaccine within six months is, is very, very incredible. Um, nothing that the world's ever done before. Um, you know, and if it is possible, then it's really, really great news. I mean, people understand that, you know, people, you know, throughout uh, human history, we've died of pandemics and we've died of plagues. And it took us hundreds of years to, to find cures and treatments. And, you know, as, as years have gone on, we've gotten quicker and quicker with it. And to have something as large as the coronavirus and it's it's taken from us um, and be able to find a vaccine for it within six months is, is really incredible. Um, I, you know, I, I'm just amazed at the work that scientists do on a daily basis. So hopefully that is true. We do get the uh, vaccine that's ready for mass production by September, October. Uh, secondary to that, uh, we've seen deaths and, and hospital visits uh, steadily decline across the U.S. Uh, also in good news, I believe New York, I believe it was yesterday or two days ago, had 84 deaths, which is, is very, very low. Um, at its peak, New York had nearly 800 deaths in one day uh, due to the coronavirus, and now we were roughly around 80, so that's a really big decrease. Um, we're definitely over the hump. Uh, again, Across the country, we're seeing people move to open up, and slowly but surely, we will do so, uh, which I figured we'd be back to normal around June. Uh, personally, uh, you know, I think by start of July, I would say probably, honestly, mid to late July, early August, it's kind of going to, coronavirus, we're going to be pretty much back to normal for the most part, and I think coronavirus is going to be behind us. It's going to be out of people's minds. I think we're still going to have some safety precautions in place, but I still think it's going to be on the back burner of people's minds, and things will get better. We'll have sports back. There'll be things to distract us from it. Uh, so the uplook is positive. It's a really positive thing. And, you know, I think at this point, uh, you know, with, with the CDC uh, actually came out with a new recommendation yesterday. Not a recommendation, but a new finding. They, they believe, the, according to the CDC, that the coronavirus doesn't spread easily through uh, contaminated objects. So uh, somebody has it and touches a box and then they hand you the box. It's not really, you know, even if you were to touch the box and then touch your nose with it, It'd be the the rate of exposure, uh, rate of infection rather, uh, compared to exposure, is going to be a lot lot less than let's say you're in a small room with somebody and they huh. sneeze. That's that's going to be the main way you're going to get the coronavirus, and that's that's what the science is kind of telling us at this point. Um, still, pot, you know, somebody sneezes on on a box and you touch it and then you touch your nose, you definitely could get st- still get sick. Uh, the number one thing to do is wash your hands and avoid touching your face. Uh, same thing as it's always been, uh, but it is good news that it's it's not as uh, contagious via items. Um, which, you know, presumably is what I've been thinking all along. When you consider the fact that, you know, how many people have been eating takeout food and, and getting the mail and, and doing, you know, exchanging items and going to the grocery store and then touching their faces. I, I just I just never thought that it was contagious via that. And it seems the CDC is, is now backing that up with science, that, that train of thought. Um, so that is interesting. Uh, yeah, basically, I believe there was a study in China which we have to take with a grain of salt, obviously, with China and, and their whole situation here. With We don't know what they're telling the truth about. Um, but it seems, I think they did a test, and it was a super, super small percentage of people. They were in six feet of each other, and one had the coronavirus and one didn't. And the rate, and the person didn't get infected if they were outside. So it, like, the new, so basically, put it into perspective here. Uh, if you're going to get the coronavirus, the easiest way to get it, to transmit it, is going to be in a small room and somebody has it, they're seizing coughing, etc., and then it gets into your nasal mucus passages yeah. um, and mucus membranes. So that, that's going to be the main way of getting it. So, you know, overall good news um, and treatments are, you know, hydro, hydroxychloroquine and uh, rendezvous are still being tested. 
uh, they've seen to have some pretty positive effects, also some side effects. So, you know, that, there's still work being done there. But overall, good news. Uh, and that's about all I have to say for the coronavirus. You know, just well, hopefully we'll get past it and we'll recover as an economy and, and people's health will recover and we'll just get past it as a, as a country as well as the rest of the world will, yeah. hopefully within the near future. Uh, other than that, that about ends our uh, podcast for today. You know, obviously, not too long. I haven't had my, too much news. Um, for my final thoughts, I just wanted to say I realized I mixed up earlier when I talked about the MLB um, versus the NBA and going to Arizona was the MLB's thing. Yeah, but I'm but I'm sure the NBA definitely just thought about it. If the MLB was looking at it, I'm yeah. sure the you know might not have come out as big news, but the NBA would have go probably said the same thing. Should we go to a more remote location, not necessarily a Arizona, but you know Nevada, whatever it might be? Should we go to a really remote location and try to do it that way and live in small apartment building and live in you know isolated apartment building, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, either way, I, th- I think that a place like Disney over in Las Vegas or a place like Nevada is probably the best place to hold sports. Uh, you know, again, family friendly, uh, could definitely accommodate all the people there. Um, d- keep gives gives them enough to do that they're not entirely bored, but doesn't give them too much bad stuff to do like Las Vegas, where they can get into gambling and drinking if they're trapped there for too long. True. Um, which is interesting to think about because players players who are playing for the Las Vegas Raiders are they gonna? Uh, that's a, is that going to happen to them? Yeah, that's a big thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because, you know, not necessarily just because they're an athlete with money are they going to get into that, but I'd say they're more susceptible to it than other people are because they have a little bit more downtime when, in the off season with their jobs. They have more money to, and, and, you know, they're living that higher-up lifestyle where everything moves faster and, and I'm sure drugs and, and money gets passed by athletes all the time and they have to make the conscious decision not to get involved with that. Um, so it's definitely a tough decision. should be interesting to see if it affects – any Las Vegas Raiders players, as well as if any of the sports franchises or, or leagues decide to host in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, should be interesting. Um, other than that, you know, I'm not doing too much. Uh, I'm still looking for a job. Uh, my camp got canceled, so that's no longer an option. Waiting on EMT papers to get CPR certified to start being an EMT, so it's kind of just a waiting game for me. I'm also being kind of lazy, I'm enjoying my time off. Um, Gained 13 pounds since being home. Pretty fire. Nothing, nothing like that. All the weight I've lost over the past year is put that right back on with the coronavirus. Thank you, coronavirus. Um, I'm going to have to work that off again. That's nice. Um, you know, I haven't necessarily been eating a ton. It's just that I don't move at all. I hardly get exercise. So it's just I'm, very, I'm really sedentary right now. Mm-hmm. And I need to start going out and getting some exercise. That would help. Um, other than that, if you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, whether it be about sports, weight, coronavirus, whatever it might be. Uh, feel free to contact me at my Instagram at nick.horvath. You can contact me at my email at nicholashorvath10 at yahoo.com or my Twitter at nickhorvath61. Uh, other than that, I hope you guys are still happy and you guys are healthy. Uh, stay safe. We're almost through this. Uh, other than that, thanks for listening. I'll hand over to Brian. See you guys later. All right. Um, what is there to say? Uh, I officially finished school, but you guys knew that whoever actually listens to this, um, my grades were supposed to be out on Friday, still haven't gotten them, so I don't know what's up with that, um, other than that, um, I've been working to get one highlight video out every day, we just did a Michael Jordan video, there's another one coming out today, um, if you're a Mets fan out there, you can follow the Met Universe on Instagram, we also have a YouTube now, so I've been working on that, um, other than that, nothing much we have an interview with buddy reed who's 
an athletics player coming out probably today. Actually, no, it's tomorrow because we already posted something for today. But other than that, that's really it. Uh, we'll be back next week. Let us know what you thought of this. If you have any comments, I guess you can DM us. Um, uh, nothing more to say. Uh, if you have any interest in writing for us, editing videos, contact the sport at gmail.com. And other than that, thanks for listening. Bye.